You are now listening to the Claim It Podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. On this podcast, I have conversations with people who intrigue and inspire me. We get into the journey of their lives, the ups, the downs, the twists, the turns, how they got to where they are and how they get through the day to day. Because you know what? No matter how much success you have, no matter how many dreams you make come true, there's a lot of life that happened behind that and there's still struggles within that. The reason the podcast is called Claim It is because I believe that our feelings of being worthy, successful, enough, fulfilled, lovable are not out there somewhere. Once I do this thing, have this, you know, have the kid, have the person, have the job, have this much money, then I will feel it forever and ever. Nope, that's not how it works. It is something that we can claim for ourselves every single day. And sometimes we need to claim every moment of the day because life happens and our minds are very creative. On today's episode, I talked to Rosie Mercado. (sighs) I wish I could pronounce her name (laughs) more more fluently. She was trying to teach me to roll my R's. (laughs) But that's what I got. Rosie Mercado, one of People Magazine's top 25 most powerful Latinas. You know, she has an incredible journey talking about losing 240 pounds. Yeah, losing 240 pounds as a single mother of three, becoming a model, a plus size model, her journey through relationships and, you know, like really like having to find her own self-worth. And yeah, you know, we had a great conversation. I think you guys are going to love Rosie's energy and hearing a bit of her story. And you're going to want to go get her book called The Girl with the Self-Esteem Issues. I mean, I think we can all relate in some way to that. Because self-esteem, again, something you got to be claiming every freaking moment of the day. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. Leave a review. If you do, screenshot it and send it to me at podcast at yourjoyologist.com and I'll send you a gift from my product line. And um, all right, here we go. Your new book, The Girl with the Self-Esteem Issues. Normally, Damn. I don't get to stuff like that till the end Damn. because I'm going to go through your journey. But I was like, how can you? I mean, I feel like the girl with the self-esteem issues is like, who is that not? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I mean, I've been asked. And this is like a, a question that, I, that I, I've gotten asked in every single interview. And it's crazy that they ask that because of the name of the title. And it's like, do you still have self-esteem issues? And I'm like, absolutely. Like, this am is I like, still alive? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the reality is, and I think somebody, I, you know, I could walk in positivity and say, no, I've dealt with all my shit and, and stuff like that. But I think it really is about, it's about walking in authenticity and just understanding, look, I'm a human being. I feel things. I get mad. I get sad. I get happy. The difference is that I've understood my triggers and I'm working through them. I have ups and I have downs and there's moments that I still make mistakes. I don't think you ever get to that being of, of perfection as long as you understand that you're constantly a student. But if you could look at what your mistake was, if you could look at when you fell back on a trigger or when you reacted way too quickly, and you could say, all right. Definitely still have a trigger. Definitely still have some issues. Definitely still have some work to do. Let's let's get to the root and keep doing the work. And and what it's taught me is 
like learn to be quiet. And this is something I still work with my husband. It's like learn to be quiet because there's moments that he has triggers, I have triggers. And then it's like, boom, then you're in automatic war. And then you're able to step back and say, all right, I'm just going to shut up because I'm just going to be mean or I'm going to say something that I'm going to regret later. So right now it's about calming down, giving each other space and coming to a place where, all right, you know what? I love you. This was a trigger for me. I'm still working. I apologize for reacting that way. Can you please be patient with me? I'm just, I'm working. This had nothing to do with you. To be able to acknowledge that, that shows the inner work that I've gotten to in my, in my life. It shows, I think, a higher sense of maturity. It shows a sense of responsibility. It says an ownership. And also, I think, a humble heart where you could say, hey, I messed up. I apologize. It, my intention wasn't to hurt you. I understand that, that that has to do with me and it's a trigger. And that's what this book is about. It's about acknowledging and taking responsibility for my life, for my actions, for the things that I'm still doing, for the things that I've done in the past. And then also understanding, all right, this is the way that I got through it and taking the shame out of it. I mean, just being able to say I made a mistake. People get so caught up in saying that. Like it feels like it's a moment of failure. It's like, I cannot say publicly I made a mistake. Like, why would I say that? Or I'm too embarrassed to. So it's really about just walking in authenticity. And when we walk in authenticity, people are afraid of, am I going to get criticized, rejected? Um, are people going to still want me, love me, or respect me the same way, or look at me the same way? And it's like, just be who you are. And this is about just owning who you are. Yeah, no, I'm all for all of that. And like, yeah, like it's, we're all always going to struggle with like the self-esteem, but it's, more, but yeah, you can see then like, I will be like, oh, this is me telling myself I'm not enough. Whether it's, oh, I don't, yeah. you know, I'm not thin enough or I don't yeah. look good enough or I'm not going to be good enough to get, that person said no to me. So I'm not enough. Like, so in me, it's like seeing like I struggle, but then I can be, oh, this is me telling myself I'm not enough. Like, is that true? Why am I thinking yeah. that? Like, because we're always yeah. like that, no matter what it is. It's like, oh, I have to be thin enough. I have to, you know, be more successful. Whatever it is you're putting, that's the whole reason or, the name of the podcast is Claim It, is because we're so yeah. putting these things Claim, outside yeah. of ourselves. I'll be successful once I do this. I'll feel enough once I do this, worthy. And you, but like, and then when you get there, like, you think like your life is like cake for the rest of your life. Like, no, then you're just, or again, you obtain like, this goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you've obtained this goal. You're like, all right, I, I like, I got here. And then it's like, woohoo. And then it starts to like, what, what's next? Yeah. You know what you, I mean? It's like you so, celebrate and it's like, what's next? And then it's like, do you ever arrive? That's another question. It's like, do you ever arrive? Like, is there ever a point where you just, you just let go? And this was a question that I was asked yesterday. And I'm like, do you ever arrive? I mean, if you're happy exactly where you're at and you're okay in that place and that's your happiness, then I can respect that. But I'm different. I'm wired different. Like when I get to a place, I've learned to celebrate it because before I would hit a goal and it's like, all right, what's next? Like, and I look back and I'm like, damn, I've done so many amazing things, but when did I take a time to celebrate? And I think it's so important that when you do fall in moments of, of, you know, having maybe a mistake, tolerating something that you didn't deserve, um, accepting something less than, than, than you should have in your life, not paying attention to the red flags or just pain, just really deep pain that you're able to cleanse your spirit, allow yourself to cry, allow yourself to be angry, look for a constructive and productive way to release that negativity that is boiling inside you. But at the same time, when you do accomplish something amazing, give your spirit the time to celebrate that in a constructive and positive and productive way, because those are equally, those both, both, both the top and the bottom are both equally important. And do you ever arrive? And it's like, I've learned that I get to a certain point and I'm grateful and I celebrate. And then I find myself asking, I'm still have a lot to learn. So bring me in my next mentor, bring me in my next teacher. 
I'm ready for what's next. Now, what do I want now? Now that I've accomplished this and I know that it's taken me this long, but I finally arrived, what's next? And I feel that's what keeps your spirit young. That's what keeps you happy. The growth, the momentum, wanting more. It's like you thrive. It's like your body, your life, your spirit needs that in your life. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's so many ways to look at it that arrive thing. Uh, it's, it can be seen in different things. And so it's sort of like, that's why I'm all about like finding your joy, claim your worth enough is in the moment, but that doesn't mean like you never strive for more, but it's not that you're putting your worth out there on that more, Yeah, you know, but like, Oh, okay. I did this. And now what? And so yeah, celebrating that, celebrating all of the big and little things, but like, it's not like, I think that's what happens. People think there is a place they're going to arrive. Whether it's, you know, they have yeah, this and then, dream then, of I'll, and then, then I'll be happy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got the, you know, per, the, I got the relationship. I got the kids. I got the job. I got that car I always wanted, whatever. You know, I got the but house in the, the pool, like whatever. So yeah. I arrived, but it's like, well, hello. Life I arrived. keeps happening. Okay. So you arrived. <laughs> no, you arrived. And then like for me, the one thing that I always wanted when it came to like personal relationships, I wanted to have a husband, have a family, have a business together. And when you ask me when it comes to that, I've arrived. I arrived to that place two, you know, two years ago. I, I, you know, I attracted my husband into my life and I keep saying life will mirror at you exactly the way you feel, the way that you're thinking. Like if there's chaos going on the outside, what's going on the inside? You got to ask yourself, you got to be honest with that. And when we come to relationships, like my, my partner, I've arrived there. Now the next question is, how are you going to maintain that? How are you going to grow that? That's the next step. It's not the seeking of the validation or of like, like, Hey, I went through hell and back and here I am with a happy marriage. No, there's more to that. Like it's about growth. It's about, you know, how am I going to keep it fresh with my husband? How are we going to keep growing? Where do we stand? What are his needs? You know, what are my needs? And there's the person that the man that I married two years ago is not the same person that I'm with today. There's been so much growth. So now it's like, all right, it's constant readjustment and learning and understanding that we're both looking in a different direction and that we're both have our own mind and our own thoughts and that we need some time alone and we need to be working on our own purpose. And I think that like for me has been such a learning lesson when it comes to my career. I want more. Like I got this book. I am celebrating. I'm excited to share my life lessons, but I want more. And like, that's just the passion in me. I want more. I'm excited for what's next in the journey. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to go back to how I normally start. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so so I usually start with like, how did you grow up? Like, talk about childhood, and then especially I like to know about like teenage years because I feel like especially That's we can have so much ones. pressure of like, what are we supposed to do with our life and this like wanting to fit in but stand out sort of thing. So like, what was life like growing up for you and like teenage years and like you know we're like sort of like have to start thinking about what am I gonna do with the rest of my life. <laughs> Well, you know what? That's a crazy thing that I never really thought what I'm going to do. Like I, like I even hear, hear like some people around me, like, um, you know, I'm 40 and the, you know, like my makeup artist, she's 20, you know, photographer, she's 25, you know, like my team that I work with, they're, they're younger. And I, we're all constantly having these great conversations and I love them. I have an amazing team that I work with and, you know, the pressure, like I, I look at it, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Like I'm doing makeup, but is this what I'm going to be doing the rest of my life? And I'm like, that's interesting that, you know, at that age, she has that pressure. It's a legit pressure she's going through. And she already even has a career that she could yeah, do. She has a career, but she, yeah, <laughs> that she could do and that she's amazing at. 
And I think about when I was her age and even younger, the thought wasn't really, what am I going to do the rest of my life? My, like I was pretty like set in my ways. Like I, number one, started at the age of nine with the bullying and being Latina and being called a fat ass and being called a hippo and people constantly making jokes about my hips. Um, having, you know, a body that's, that has small waist, big ass hips. That was just naturally my body, but I constantly got rejected because I was tall and, and my body structure was like that. And the other girls were really tiny and that mind game of already starting to compare myself. Why? Because I kept getting made fun of. So that totally messes with your mind. And you come to this place where you start believing that. And how did I start believing that? Because I know the moment I started believing that when it's 120 degree weather in Vegas and you're wearing sweaters to cover your body up because you don't want anybody looking at your ass, at your hips. I had to wear shorts, the PE shorts with the shirt tucked in. And I went to private school. The shirt must, it had to be tucked in. If not, you got detention. So here I am, big hips, big butt. I did not want to call any attention to that because when I did, people were just laughing at me and kids can be cruel. That stays with you. Those scars stay with you. And they bring so much body image and body image issues. And the story that you start creating yourself at a young age really starts playing a role in your decision-making as you get older. I thought that I wasn't lovable. I thought that I was ugly. I thought that I was fat. I didn't fit in. Um, I was a, I was a loner. Like I did not have any friends in middle school. It wasn't until high school that I made my first friend and she was plus size and she was Latina and she was full of spirit and light. And she was the only one that I really connected to that. I was like, all right, like she understands me. But in high school, the same thing, everybody was like, I would see the cheerleaders they were size zero. They were super tall and beautiful bodies you know, and kickboxing and PE and doing, you know, doing all their things. And I would just sit there and just like look and admire always alone. We didn't like, we shared lunch together with one of my friends, you know, with, with uh, Genesis, who was my friend in high school. And I just remember before I, I had her friendship, I would eat lunch in one of the bath stalls by myself because I was embarrassed to eat in front of people. I at lunchtime because I was already fat. People would make jokes about that. And then we wore pleated skirts, which make me look even heavier. And of course, the cheerleaders and all the girls would roll them up and make them look like cute little mini skirts with knee highs. I couldn't do that. Like, I, I just couldn't do that. I didn't have the confidence to, to do that in that moment. I look back, I'm like, I could have totally rocked that. But now, like, I look back and I'm like, oh, my God, what would I have told my younger self? It's like everybody's struggling with self-esteem issues. And I think the moment that that was really an aha moment for me in high school is, I don't know, having my heart broken in the sense of people making fun of me. Um, thankfully, I had great parents. Everybody thinks that because I've been married and divorced so many times, I've had so much pain in my life, so many mistakes that I created, so much shit that I tolerated, so much stuff that I put up with that I must have had a shitty childhood. And when it comes to my parents, I mean, true, strong Mexican parents with strong values, married for over 40 years, biz, you know, multi-million dollar business together, strong family values. We go once, once, once a year for an entire month, travel to Mexico in an RV. Like it was a wholesome family. And I'm like, that's what I want. I wanted that. That was like, when I was in high school, I was like, I want to be married. I want to have kids. I want to have a successful business. I want to travel. That was for me. That was it. That I was happy with that. That was what my focus was. It wasn't like what am I going to do the rest of my life? I just knew I was going to own a business. Like I knew because my parents had strong entrepreneurial skills. They had a variety of businesses, got up at 4.30 in the morning, early boards, had the coffee, 
work together, work through the relationship, always supported. Like in our minds, we know that they're together for the rest of their life. There was never a question of, are they getting divorced? They had ups and downs, of course, but they knew how to fix them. And they're really old school, traditional uh, family values. And, you know, the combination of school, I never told my parents that I was bullied. I was embarrassed. Like that conversation wasn't there. I didn't want to worry them. That was my whole thing. How am I going to tell my parents that I'm being bullied? This doesn't happen. The one thing that I am grateful for is the reason that I have my voice today and that it transforms it's from all the times that my parents allowed me to be me. If I wanted to paint, they pushed the artist in me. If I wanted to go out and, and play instruments, the flute, the piano, they inspired me to do that. The moment that I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. I don't like the flute. I like I was in a symphony. Nope. Not, I'm not doing the I'm not doing the flute thing. The piano, I tried it. Mm. Nope, don't like it. They never were like, no, now you're in it. You, they didn't you push do you it. and make you yeah. stay in something. But the moment that I went into radio at the age of 16 and became a radio personality in Spanish, my parents let me fly. At what I was age up did you just say? 16. Okay, I thought that's what you said. <laughs> at the age of 16. So, girl, I was waking up at 2 a.m., Going to the radio How station. Did you, where did that come from? What? I loved it. Because so we've it got, was, you're lonely, you're, you're eating in the bathroom. <laughs> you, like, so so it's like I had go? two personalities. It was literally <laughs> two personalities. At school, I felt lonely, rejected. And, you know, I just didn't fit in. But when it came to the radio, I went up a pair of tickets and I went to pick them up with a friend, a family friend. We go to the radio station and I get on the radio and he's joking around and like, it just... It, it was, I was just my natural personality. I wasn't shy with the, I didn't speak proper Spanish. I have to admit, like I did not speak proper Spanish. And they're like, they were joking around with that. And he just had so much fun, got such a great response that he invited me back. Oh, that's and when, amazing. So and you when were just he there because you won a contest. Yeah, he won some, some tickets to a concert. And when I did come back, like it was just like, come back, come back. And then it's like, you could work with us. Like first it was like, like literally internship. I was there for, you know, at 3 a.m. I would bring them coffee and I was already waking up early and I was so excited to meet because nobody was watching me. It was me in front of a mic. Radio, I knew people were listening. Right. Nobody could see me. So it was like, I found my voice. My parents supported me. Never once did they said, that's amazing. You can't do this. That's too early. Like, yeah, like, no, you can't no. be getting up. At, you know, oh, whatever. no. So. So that, that really was a big force. And on the other side, I think understanding that my heart was broken because I didn't go to prom. I didn't go to games. Um, I didn't, like, I look back now and I'm like, oh my God, I miss so many high school highlights. I wish I would have done them. And I just, I didn't connect with anybody. Like, I, I, I would be the girl doing the makeup for everybody. Like, a girl, I was doing makeup in high school for everybody, making money. Like, I, the entrepreneurial spirit was out there. The shyness of me participating as a student or with friends and living those high school memories, I don't have one where I could say, wow, this was an incredible moment. Like, I don't. I was the girl looking at everybody getting dressed up in their prom dress, their hair being done. I was the one doing the makeup, every, watching everybody get into the limo and just being the one taking pictures because I was the one that was the makeup artist. Um, you know, I was the one hustling and working while I saw these girls like walking around like... The liberty of seeing someone walk around in a thong and bra and not having any body issues, I'm like, how empowering? Like, I would sit back and I'm like, how empowering do you feel? How comfortable in your own skin do you feel that I can't even do that? Like, PE, girl, PE, there was no stalls. Everybody was getting undressed in the bra and underwear. Granted, there's a whole bunch of women, a whole bunch of girls in high school with beautiful bodies. And I'm like, damn, she's got no cellulite. Those were my thoughts. Like, just imagine how many body issues I had. She had no cellulite. Girl, 
You know what I do? I wear my shorts underneath my pleated skirt, pull my skirt off, and there I am. Put my shirt on, nobody would see me. I'm dressed, ready to do PE. Like I just wouldn't let anybody see my body. And for the same reason, those body issues just took me when I went into my first relationship. They played a big role. And the moment that I was told that I was constantly fat and ugly and that I was, wasn't worthy, that nobody was going to love me because I was fat, there you go, girl. There you go. First, first relationship that didn't work. He, he disappeared and had left so many questions and that just even ingrained a, a, a higher bully in myself and my own worst critic, which just completely damaged my self-esteem. So I'm telling you, these, the self-esteem issues start at a young age in different areas. It's not just in body image. It's in different areas when it comes to your self-worth. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I had body, I mean, yeah, I had body issues that I, I feel, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm still like, I'm not like confident to walk around in a thong and a bra like now, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can wear a bikini to the beach and not be like even, oh, oh, I can tell I gained weight or whatever. But yeah, like I was, I got made of for fun of for being like fat even by my sister. And so then like at a young age and then that like planted in me for so long. And I remember being in high school, like admiring, you know, everyone else too. And even like looking back, like I wasn't even like, I wasn't Don't you even hate fat. That? Oh my like, God. You look back at the I'm now like, like, damn, I thought it was and fat thinking then. like, okay, we're going to like, you know, on this Florida senior trip thing. Like, okay, so I need to like lose weight because I'm going to be in a bikini. And like now, you know, like when I see the pictures, I'm like, what like what like what were you thinking you know it like you how much back then back and like, I wasn't even like <laughs> you know like necessarily overweight but I am yeah, I have a bigger body you know I have wider hips whatever not necessarily but you know I'm tall also too but yeah like it just it can it really is damaging and then yeah like just wanting I remember just like so much wanting the attention of guys and I didn't even like them but I just wanted somebody to be interested attention. in me so that I could then tell my friends that somebody liked me but I didn't even like the guy like but that made me me on something or like that made me me feel like I'd be worthier enough okay so that that because yeah, that for, I don't know, like if you are a woman, a girl who ever went through that, you accepted a man just because nobody was paying attention to you. He showed you a little interest and you're like, oh, I will become anything I need to be to keep that because nobody shows me that little interest. And for me, that little interest becomes a lot. And like, it kind of becomes your world. And, and it's not healthy because as women, we should have healthy boundaries and we should be okay with saying, yeah, you know, I think he's handsome and everything, but there's too many red flags. And I, I'm going to wait. You should be okay in the waiting. Why are we so quick to jump into the first movement that we see of a guy signaling that tells us all the right words, but doesn't show us the right actions or shows little investment and we invest everything. Like it taught me so many things about relationships and paying attention to who they show you at the beginning that they are really believing them from the beginning and paying attention to those red flags when your spirit is telling you something is wrong pay attention to that because when you avoid it you're going down through a path that will lead to pain and it could be so dangerous because pain could lead to depression it could lead to suicide it could lead to pushing everybody away losing really loving relationships. It leads to questioning yourself, bullying yourself, um, to really low self-esteem. I mean, there's so many impacts of not paying attention to those red flags. And for me, not paying attention to those red flags led to three divorces. And that, that was a learning lesson of saying, what are you tolerating? What are you not paying attention to? And why do you allow this to happen in your life? Why? Like, why are you allowing this to happen in your life? Same man, different face showing up and you keep attracting that into your life. 
you got to take responsibility of saying, hmm, there's some inner work I got to do. Like, I really have to do some inner work. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting, I think. And I think this can be an even with friendships. Like, we're so eager for love or to be loved or to have companionship, whether that's in friendships or in, you know, whatever these things that, like, I know so many people, I feel like, too, that, like, are not actually happy in their friendships, but yet they keep staying in them. Like, I've had clients and it's, like, over and over and over these people and like having these problems, but then they yet they wouldn't pull themselves out of those relationships because then they'll be lonely. But I'm like, well, how are you going to meet new people and call like, you know, like, or if you're not even going to have the conversation or I've had conversations with them and nobody's changing or this. And I'm like, okay, like this interesting thing, like people stay in different types of relationships because it feels like that's better than being alone or like, you know, like I need somebody to spend my time with. I need somebody to see on the weekends. I need, you know, and I think again, it can be like from the outside looking in like, oh, this means something that I have friends that invited me something or I have uh, somebody asked me out on a date or I'm blah, blah, blah. So look at me. So I'm okay because people like me, you know, like that we tell ourselves. That sense of validation. The self-esteem from yeah. Because, oh, well, other people, even if you don't like that person or you feel like you're being damaged or hurt or like minimalized, then it's like, yeah, oh. I think it's not it's not healthy, but it's a sense of validation. And this, at the core is that we want to be loved and we want to be wanted and con- and we want to connect. And that's like a natural want and need from every single human being in this world. And sometimes yeah. we we seek that validation. We give up on our interests, on our passions. We give up on our very essence. And that is I think that's what ends up hurting in this long run because at the long run when we give up all those things, we give up on who, who, what our essence is, who we are as human beings, our values, our thoughts. We Not only do we lose our voice, we lose ourselves. And that takes us in a path of like a feeling even more lonelier because you're with someone, but you feel lonely. You feel rejected. You don't feel, it feels even worse to be with someone and not feel loved. So it just, I think, you know, one of the affirmations that I really, when I came to this, to this place of just understanding after my third marriage, because it got to a point where it was physical and verbal abuse. And when we're in such a toxic relationship, whether it's in a love relationship, whether it's a friendship, the lies that we tell ourselves to keep a relationship going because we're afraid of failure. We're afraid to let go because we're afraid of the unknown. We're afraid because we think, oh my God, I'm never going to have a friend again, or nobody's going to love me after this. Or what people will think, like, oh, like you're divorced again. You left another relationship. Yeah, I left another relationship. It didn't work out. And you know what? I'm okay with that. And if you're not, that's your trigger, not mine. Like being able to walk into that space. But I, I had to learn to tell myself that I am worthy of love and respect. And the right person will lo- love me, all of me, for the right reasons and will be patient. When I say no, I mean no. When I say yes, I'm like, I'm with you 100%. And no investment, no return. If that person is not investing in me, is not responding to my text messages, not responding to my phone calls, why am I gonna keep investing? If that person is treating me with very little respect, why am I going to stay there when I deserve more? But it was a journey to find that and find myself. When you are in a toxic relationship, your body will react. Your spirit will react. You will feel it in your stomach. And for me, it was after three divorces that led me to being in such toxicity that it got to a point where I got physically sick. It manifested in a cyst in my brain. And it's so funny that the revelation comes later that it manifested in a cyst in my brain because that's where I was internalizing everything in my thoughts. And I wouldn't speak them and I wouldn't share them. And I was ashamed of everything that I was going through. 
and it manifests your body to deal with it. But when you don't know how to cope with the pain, with the anxiety, with the fear, it will manifest somehow. Yeah. And also when you're saying that affirmation of like, I'm worthy of love and respect, what I was also hearing is like the remembering of your own love and respect. So like, are you respecting and loving yourself when you keep putting up with the shit? Yeah. Like, yeah. (laughs) No. And that's so important because look, the relationship that we, the only relationship we will have the rest of our lives is the one with ourselves. And when we understand that, when we place boundaries, when we love ourselves, when we respect our bodies, when we have values that we live by, that is not only leading a life of excellence, leading a life of love, but that's teaching others that the way that we treat ourselves, that's how you're going to treat me. You could do anything else. You're not going to have the privilege of being in my life. I have so much love to give you. I have so much, you know, value to add to your life as a friend, but I want the same from you. Like I, I deserve the same from you and I'm never going to settle for less and understanding that you can't be afraid to say, no, it's going to be okay. And some, you know, I've learned that a lot of my decision-making when I went through those divorces, it was fear-based. Sometimes we let our fears, the fear of the unknown, the fear of being alone, the fear of that nobody ever is going to love us, that that's it. We come into this place like, you know, this is our last chance. This is my last chance. Either I take it like, this is what I have. I'll take it or leave it. I'm settling. Like, like, no. Show the universe, show God that you're willing to like, no, you know what? Universe, I know you're testing me. Look, he looks really good. He looks amazing. But you know what? He just doesn't quite have the values that I'm looking for. I'm going to just say no, thank you. And I'm going to wait for who's next. And you know what? If it's one year, if it's 12 years, whatever time it it takes, because that person will come in the right time and is going to love me for the right reasons. And I'll just be a lot happier with the relationship that I attract into my life. In the meantime, we're going to go through a process called love myself and self-discovery. I'm going to date myself. I'm going to get to know myself. I'm going to do the things that I've always wanted to do. Whether I have a relationship or not, that my, my happiness is not dependent of the relationship with another human being. My happiness is dependent on the relationship I have with myself. And if you could get to that point in your life, oh my God, celebration, big clap, happy dance, get excited because your best times you are about to get ready to live. Self-discovery, self-love, self-respect. I was like, all right, I know I'm definitely cutting out that as a quote, one of the, like, the relationship with myself <laughs> for that for this episode. <laughs> I think now more than ever with the pandemic, girl, tell me if we are not forced to look at inward at the way that we've been living life, the relationships we have with kids, with family, and especially relationship we have with ourselves and with our, with, with our partner, if you do have a partner in your life. Like this pandemic has forced you to look inward. And if you do not like what you are living or looking at or dealing with, it is a big wake up call that this is a huge opportunity for you to say, there's some inner work to be done. There's some changes. There's some letting go. There's some fixing. There's some healing, some unique. Yeah. Communication, communication to be had. Like that's what I'm, I will like notice things of like, Oh, I can't believe why do they always do this? Why are they like this? And I'm like, but I've never probably mentioned that I, that annoys me or like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm, that I don't, why like, are you irritated? Like, you know, because you left the toilet seat up or whatever. Well, you've yeah. never said anything or, or you know what? You, you, you just, you don't pick up after yourself. And it's like, you've never said anything. Why is it annoying you after two years? And it's like, that's right. Why am I getting mad? Like I've never voiced it before. How about we have a chat and kind of like, let's come together and get to know each other again. Like, you know, have that relation, you know, have that where you could laugh about it and say what's annoying you because we got to also learn people can't read your mind. They don't know what's going on. If something's really bugging wish. you, 
you, you gotta be able to open your mouth and just say it like, look, I, I need time to talk. And if you're with a person that you can be vulnerable with and not going to use it against you, you've got a winner. Anything else could be worked on. But if you're with someone that's just going to throw it in your face, not listen, reject, or just, you have to reevaluate the relationship you're in. I, I really feel like you have to come to a place where both of you are working towards a common goal. Trisha here bringing you a brief interruption. Did you know I have a daily inspiration app? It has hundreds of powerful thoughts and affirmations. You can download it in the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store. It's only a one-time small fee, no ads, and I add doses of inspiration to it all the time. Here, you can open it and pull a card, a digital card at any time. You can also set a time in the app to get a reminder to come pull a card because we're humans. We forget to do the things that make us feel good, right? So you can set a time in the app that you'll get the daily reminder and you can still come to it at any time. I just opened the app and what I got is trust what you feel, even if you don't fully know what you feel. Trust when something feels off. Trust when something feels right. I love that because I think intuition is such a confusing one. So when I wrote this one, it just felt so good because it's confusing, but yet we can still trust ourselves even when we're not a a thousand percent clear. Okay. I'm going to hit show me a card again. I got believe in the power of you. You are strong. You are vibrant. You are magical. You are. I hit show me a card again. Oh, I got, I am open to the possibility of everything turning out even better than I can imagine. So, you know, nice to just pop in, get a great affirmation or thought. You can also easily hit the heart button that saves it to your favorites. You can share it easily. Yeah, why not? Go get it. Own your awesome. It's in the Apple app and the Google Play stores. You can also gift it. Amazing. Let's get back to the episode. Okay, let's get back into your like journey because it sounds we're we're back at like you're 16 working on radio. Did you end up doing radio for a long time? When you get through high school, what happens next? I worked in radio for a while um, until I graduated high school. And I think I, it was a natural transition for me because during high school, like I said, I never went to prom, didn't do any of the games, no football games, no basketball games, nothing. I didn't do any of the stuff that you do in high school. That sounds so fun. I wish I had another chance to do prom all over again at my age. I don't care. I'd get dressed up and go and have a ball. Um, but the transition for me was I was working while well, I was working on the radio Monday through Friday on the weekends. I was doing makeup. And that for me was my next business. That's what I ventured out to. I launched my own makeup line. Um, a couple you launched years your later. own makeup line. Yeah, at a young wow. age, and that was that was I was in girl. I was in conventions. I was dealing with rides. I was like, I was just going out there doing doing it. And when it came to like business, I was really strong. Like I nobody was gonna mess with that. Um, and trust me, I've had I have had so many businesses that I've been really good at, and so many businesses that I have failed. I mean, I owned. As much as like I owned a tire company, I <laughs> owned a towing company. Like I, when I'm telling you, I've been all over the place and trying things. I've tried it. Like I'm like I don't know how to do that, but I'll learn. Uh, there's a tow truck. Don't know what to do with that, but you know what? I'm gonna learn. I'm and and it's been it's definitely shown me a lot of stretching and who I am. But the next venture for me was makeup, and I love makeup because the focus wasn't on me. Um, I was overweight. And I had my first, you know, my first baby, which was my daughter. And my partner then had just, he 
totally went MIA. Like I had her and my dad was there for me and I was alone. Like he just, he went MIA. And until this day, I don't know whatever happened to him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he went MIA. He had his issues that he had to deal with. And I really, I was hit with the reality of parenting at a young age and I didn't know how to parent. And then my dad was there. Thankfully, my parents were there. God bless their heart. My God, I've put them through some hell. Um, he, they were there for me and I had my emotions of depression, not having a partner anymore, not knowing what happened, not understanding why he left. and then figuring out how am I going to provide for my daughter? Like I have a baby now. And what really provided away was doing makeup, selling makeup. And I, I got busy, like word of mouth. Like I was like working, kicking my baby, working, 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 working. And that lifted, you know, that, that took off for me. And I was making some really good money able to provide for, for my daughter, but it just got to a point where it was overwhelming. I was exhausted. And throughout that process, after my third marriage and after I healed from the cyst, um, that's when I found you know, doing makeup behind the scenes and watching everybody in front of the camera, modeling the transformation, how it made people feel. Um, it was, it made me feel so good, but it always made me wonder, how does it feel to be in front of the camera? I never thought I'd be in front of the camera. Never. Cause I was, I was a big girl. Always been a girl, big girl, always been plus size. And I hit my all time heaviest, which was, which was 420 pounds. And someone invited me to miss plus America. And I'm like, woohoo. I'm like, what, what's this? So I signed up for a state competition because, of course, when you, go you were to at states, your heaviest, at too. my heaviest, girl. When wow. I was at my heaviest, I'm like, "This is all right. We're doing this." And I'm like, "I don't know anything about it," but I thought I got so excited for the fact of I didn't know what it was to be on stage, and that's not what caught my attention. My what caught my attention? There's other plus size women in this world who are confident, beautiful. They dress amazing. They do their makeup, their hair. And they don't give a damn. Like they're just and and they're prepared. They're smart. And I was like, where in the like where where why didn't I have this when I was younger? So automatically, you in order to get to nationals, you got to go through state. So I signed up for the state competition. Of course, I won because I was the only one that signed up. They gave me the crown because I was the only one that signed up. <laughs> and I was like, I was owning it. I'm like, all right. Like I won the crown. I like, I wore that crown. Like, I don't care. Like I was the only one that signed up. I'm getting it. I'm going to nationals. That's all I cared about. Girl, I got my makeup and hair team driving down with me. My brother, my sister-in-law, my daughter, we all went down to Louisiana, went for nationals. And I think that was really the moment that really launched me because I found a new passion. I found something that drove me in a new direction. I was presented in a new atmosphere of seeing just so many empowering women, not letting the story of their body or weight get in the way of their dreams. Like it didn't, you just saw confident plus size women. I'm talking about anywhere from 200 pounds to 400 pounds. Like you just think you just saw them just rock. And it's like the weight was not even an issue. And I was like, Wow, I felt so empowered to change my story around. That really was a moment of of change. And National Geographic was there filming um, the episodes for Taboo. I don't know if you've ever heard the Taboo episodes that they would play. I don't know if they still play them uh, today, but this was about, yeah, this was about, what, 15 years ago? 15, no, 12, like 12 years ago. And I made it to National Geographic. They followed me. And I caught on the runway. And I here I am doing my runway. And I was like, this is amazing. I did my runway. I got myself coached. She taught me how to do runway. Of course, she never worked with a 420 pound woman. Like she was just like, 
you know, I, was, I would go up between 380, 420, 380, 420. And she was just like, stand tall so you could look thinner. And that for me was like, what? Like, Well, that's what yeah, I was about to say. How did she, did she try to like, was she able to like cheer you on and empower you? Or was she still stuck in the no. sort of like. She was kind of like, like I was like an experiment Like for you her. were like, like, a, like oh. she was just like. She would tell me things without thinking, and she never made me feel bad. She's like, just I so to, used to that. She's, she's so used, used to, to tall and thin, tall okay, and thin. You want like yeah, you yeah. Wanna, she's like stand, stand up way. straight. Like, yeah, stand up straight, girl. Tall, tall and thin is what she always say. And like, don't <laughs> wobble, don't wobble. And I'm like, girl, I wobble because I got big ass hips and I'm on four inch heels and like 420 pounds. Like I have a balancing act to do here. And she was just amazing. She really empowered me. She's like, go get a wax and go do this. And like all this stuff that I'd never done. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is all new to me. And I just remember like she empowered me so much. And granted, you know, 420 pounds is not a, it's not a healthy size. I, I, I do admit I was obese and it wasn't a healthy size. But what I can say is that in my before and after pictures, because everybody always criticizes like my before and after pictures. One doesn't mean that I'm less than the other. No, um, my before is as important as my after because it's the journey in between. At 420 pounds, I had some really hard pain and horrible moments. But at 420 pounds, I had some really good moments like Miss Plus America and getting on stage and trying new things. And as my weight loss went down, I had great moments that I was able to get on a bike, fit in a car, not break a chair. Um, go with my kids places, not be covered profusely in sweat, not be in pain. So the journey throughout that, that's where people get it mixed up. It's not a before and after. People always say like, this is my before and after. Like, no, this is my transformation. And the transformation happened from within. So I get on stage, find that I love modeling. Like, I'm like, this is me. Like, I found a new passion that drove me. And then, of course, they announced the top finalist. And I didn't even make top finalists. Like I wasn't even one of the top finalists. And of course you have this moment where National Geographic, you hear the man's voice doing the voiceover and Rosa Mercado did not win. And they run up to the camera, like it literally focused on my face. And they're thinking like, cause all these girls were like, they really had their hearts set on getting the crown. And of course you go in there to win. You don't go out there to lose. Girl, I was like flying. I'm like, no, I have, I'm like standing there and I still watch the recording. Like I have purpose. Like I, this isn't going to stop me. Like my life is going to keep going. And they're like, you're not going to cry. Like you, they would turn off the camera. You're not going to cry. I'm like, no. And, and like, really, you're not going to cry. I'm like, no, like they don't understand what just happened to me. Like I really was in shock. Like, even though it didn't win, you suddenly got this like permission in life. Like, wait yeah. a minute, I'm allowed I my- to like yeah. live in the world this way. This way. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, uh, hold on. Like a ton of bricks just hit me. Like this is like, this is something that I never thought that I was even capable of. Like, it wasn't even a story of I'm going to do this. It became the story and a pivotal point in my life because after that I signed up, like I got an invitation to participate in full figured fashion week in, in New York city. I won that competition by votes. People like voted me the face of full figured fashion. Week. They paid my flight. They flew me out. And I walked the runway in New York fashion, New York plus size fashion. Week. Like that for me was huge because I was like, Oh my, I'm doing it. Like I am doing it. Like I started modeling at 420 pounds and it wasn't that I had lost the weight and became a plus size model. I was already doing it. Now was I doing it as much as I did it as I lost the weight? No, but it wasn't that I lost the weight to become that. I lost the weight because I was obese. I got body shame consistently. I didn't fit in the cars. Um, certain chairs I would break and I couldn't do a lot of things with my kids. So I got body shamed. 
I got on a reality show. They followed my journey to kind of find myself and, and get into the modeling industry at 380 pounds. And then I gained weight back. And I got body shame going from Vegas to New York, where they told me in front of everybody as I was warning that I had to buy a second seat. And then people were laughing at me, making fun of me. They're like, oh, that, that fat bitch. And you see these really hot guys, like Vegas party boys. And you're a girl, you notice you're like, damn, like they're really good looking. And then you're standing there. And I, here I am in heels, like all dressed up, ready to go to New York, living my life. I'm big girl. Yes, I know. Like, you don't have to tell me that I'm fat. Like, you're not telling me something I never knew. And then this flight attendant runs up to me like, you're not going to fit in the seat. You need to buy a second seat in front of everybody. You got the hot guys over here laughing their ass off at me, calling me names. And I just like look down. You have other people that really were compassionate. They're like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe you guys just did that to her. And then here I am just like tears running down, quiet. Here's a credit card and follow them. Pay my second seat. To make things worse, you board onto the plane. They have a seat right in the front. Everybody's watching me sit down. Here's your seat extender in front of everybody. And then a nice little sign that says seat taken to just a cherry on top. I had so much time to think about what the hell I was going to do on my way over. And if, what was I willing to sacrifice and what this transformation means? So it, it meant to me. So it really was, you know, I always say it was a bittersweet moment. Why? Because it was a moment that broke my heart that made me face reality, made me face where I was going if I wanted to change. And what I was losing, what am I losing by staying here? And what am I gaining if I change? Like I had to make that, those decisions and write that list for myself. What am I teaching my kids? Not for me was like the topper of a mom. What am I teaching my kids? Like, would I be okay if my kids were like this? And I wasn't. Why? Because in the moment that you have to question yourself, can I go there? Am I going to break the chair? Uh, what kind of car are you driving? Am I going to be able to fit in there, wear seatbelts? Uh, you know, hold on, give me five minutes. I just walked five minutes. I'm covered in sweat. My hips hurt you know what, I need a nanny. Can you, can you go catch the baby before the baby runs out? That's, I mean, you, you could tell me that I sold out to Hollywood. You could tell me that I did all this plastic surgery, which is not true. I could tell you how much hate I got for my transformation. And here I am. So at 420, damn if you do, I'm too fucking fat because people were like, you're fucking fat. It wasn't just like, you're fat, you're fucking fat. And then I dropped down and then it's like, oh, Go jump off a bridge and kill yourself. Like you just sold out to Hollywood. You were the only one that we could look up to. N now you lost all this weight. Now you're, well, how many plastic surgeries did you go on, get on your face? How many times did you inject your ass? How, how many, you know, how many surgeries did you get all over your body? And it's like, I've never had plastic surgery on my face. And the only surgery that I got was on my stomach. I got a tummy tuck removal, which until today is not, not completely done because I had excess hanging skin from being 420 pounds. And I still have excess skin in my thighs that I have to be spanked up because if not, I have an audience between my thighs clapping from all the skin that's hanging. So when we talk about getting real, people don't understand and they're quick to judge. And I think that really taught me a lesson that people will always criticize you, whether you're big or small, you're always receiving some form of criticism and you have to be enough in your own skin and love yourself enough to understand why you're making a change. And it has to be for your own happiness. Yeah. I mean, what I've seen, like judgment is again, it's just something our brains unfortunately do, but we don't have to then like stick with those judgments. But like, I think that people like that when, you know, like, especially if they're like larger people, then that you become like, oh my gosh, look at her and she's rocking it and she's a model. And then you start to lose weight. 
and they could go on attack mode because they're making it be about them. Like they're seeing now that like by you losing any weight or wanting to exercise, not even to lose weight, but because it makes you feel better because you want to be able to like run after your kid, whatever yeah. it would be then they automatically think like that that means you're telling them that what they're doing because if they're not doing the same like is wrong you know it's like that people are making up that oh well she's doing something differently than me then like she's saying i'm wrong yeah you know like i I notice it's like mom shaming and stuff a lot like if you do something differently than someone else then they automatically want to get like uh defensive how dare you do that judgment you you because they think if you're doing something differently then you must be judging them you know what i mean like so we go into the self-defense reverse judgment i gotta judge them because i think they're judging me just because we're you know yeah and at the end of the day when when you start when you start reacting it's because somewhere in yourself you feel like you're not doing a good job somewhere in yourself you don't feel that you're worthy enough and i had to you're not confident in their own choices and what they're doing yeah one of my favorite reminders for myself is a judgment can only have power over you if it's something you believe to be true yeah so whether that's something you think of again say that again a judgment can only have power over you if it is something that you believe, believe to be it's true. true. I love that one, girl. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that one. I'm gonna run with it. I that <laughs> I, girl, that's that's a good one. I and love it's that because something I it's use a regularly in my own it's mind when I feel judged or feel whether someone is telling me you did this, and I'm like, well, do I believe that true? About myself, like no, or you know, same thing where I feel like hurt so much. If I start to judge myself, you know, I'm at this whatever. Like, wait, do I really believe that to be true? Do I really believe that, like, oh, I'm not enough because I gained ten pounds or like whatever it is, like, yeah, you know. So it's like it makes me question question things when you're out in public and my kids are running around with like wild hair because I didn't want to brush it this morning and I could think, oh, they're looking at my oh, they're looking at me because I yeah, I'm a bad mom. They think I'm a bad mom, and then I get and then I can start to feel like, oh, I'm a bad mom because I didn't brush my kids' hair, and then be like, do I really think I'm a bad mom because I didn't brush my kids hair today I don't so I hugged and kissed my kids like yeah it's like fuck it like I hugged and kissed my kids today and that's I think that's where the point that I'm at I'm like all right I used to be so worried about not only providing but making sure that the kids were bathed that the food was cooked that the house was clean like there's all these stressors that we put like on perfection Like, like everything has to be done by the end of the night and it's like, look, first of all, that's a job that cleaning the house is a job that never ends. And I think right now what's more important is my mental health and making sure that I kiss and kiss and hug my kids, like learning that language that it's more important that I be present as a parent than have perfection around the house. Because look, the dishes are going to get dirty. There's going to be toys everywhere. You know, you clean it up and five minutes later, what do you find toys again? So you get frustrated because you keep doing the same thing over and over, not understanding that. All right, that stress is going to be there. Let me just. The toys will be there five minutes later. Let me, how about I just sit down and play with my kids? Like, let you know, all right, let it go. Like, it didn't happen today. You know, how about we we teach your kids, like, hey, like, come spend some quality time with me. Let's let's start picking up. Like, show our kids some habits that where they're helping mom. Um, if the kid, if the food's not like cooked all the, you know, you know, all the time, and you buy something out, it's like it's okay. You know, breathe because you didn't cook all day. It's like what's more yeah. important is that you are mentally present and that you have the energy to love and listen to your kids. Because before that, I was mom and dad, and this is for all the single parents out there. I was mom and dad. My dad supported me in in so many ways. My mom has always been there for me. But one of the things that I knew I was not present. Why? I was so worried on how I was going to make ends meet. I was going to provide food, how I was going to take care of my kids, you know, financially. That's what I was all caught up. And then on top of it, I had my own depression, my own stress, my own emotions. I didn't do self-care. So I was I was sometimes a shitty parent because I was so stressed, stressed out and making things, you know, making things happen that I really wasn't 
emotionally, I was physically there, but I was emotionally and, and mentally there that I would check out. That's not what my kids needed to see. Like, that's not, you know, they, they don't, they're not going to remember like, Hey, the house is always, you know, all, a hot mess or the house is perfectly clean. But my mom was always stressed out. Like I think about it now. And that, that's a reality that we live. Why? Because we put those pressures mm-hmm. on ourselves as parents. And I just remember like, you know, I've gotten to a point now that I, you know, if the house, if the house isn't, you know, where it needs to be, there's so many things like on the days that I work like this, that it's like complete work days. I have a five month old. I'm so thankful that my husband's helping me. I'm so thankful for my daughter's support, but it's like, all right, I just got done with a long day of work. I need to spend and hug my, my baby. I need to ask my daughter, how are you doing today? What's going on? The rest will get done tomorrow. That's yeah. fine. Like, what no. are the priorities here? What are the why? priorities why? for today? Because why? They, they think you should have everything. In, like, that makes you be a better human because everything's in order or clean or whatever. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's like, like, hey, you know what? I didn't get to wash the clothes today. You know what? I'll do it tomorrow morning. Right now, I need to mentally rest because I am so exhausted. But let me ask. I mentally rest. Let me just, hey, baby, how are you doing? What's going on? How was work? You know, ask my daughter that or you know, just spend some, some time with my son, love him. He didn't see me all day, love him, hug him, you know, be present, play with him, change his diaper, like do those simple things that he's going to feel that warm, loving connection with my husband, babe, thank you so much for supporting me today. I appreciate it. Sorry, you know, didn't have time to get the house done, but can we, can we cuddle? Can you, can we just spend some quality time? And I feel that that's so much nourishing, so much more healthier. And it just takes the whole, off and you just it takes the edge off you're just such in a better place when you start letting go of those things and really what is a priority what really is a priority you know not just in your mind like what's a priority for everybody's mental health yep i get it okay let's jump back in when you were when you did start to model as a plus size model were were you married at the time or not i know i was divorced girl okay i was i was single and just doing my thing. I was focused. I was in self-discovery for, it took me 12 years to go through, um, self-discovery, finding myself, finding my passion, my purpose, my voice, what I love, taking care of myself, understanding how self-care was important, being able to, and um, how did you do all of that? Like what started? Cause yeah, it can, it's evidence as we've been talking, like you've done self-work, like you, yeah. like, whatever. like, you know, you talk about things. So like, and was that the start was like that model that sort of getting that feeling, the start of like, okay, you know, like, yeah, I think modeling definitely was an eye opener too, because it presented a lot of things that were going in my life, my health, my relationship with my kids, my own mental health and happiness. Like I was such a happier person when I was doing that. Why? Because it was a passion. I was like, when I was in it, I was just there was energy, you know, it doesn't matter how little they paid. If I did a free shoot, like when I was there, I was just like, I'm being like, this is, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to keep doing this. I'd get home and I was just, I was just so much happier, so much happier. So it taught me that it was important that as a human, as a mom, as a woman, that it's important that even though we have kids, we make a priority to find something that we love and we're passionate about that. That is a form of self-care as well. And you're teaching your kids along the way that more than just being a provider, that you have your own dreams and aspirations and that you, when you start working on those, it will push them when they get older and get to a place, they'll understand. I remember when my mom used to do that. Like, I'm really passionate about this. I'm going to start working on that. And they, your kids will do as you do. They'll start, you know, they'll get inspired. They'll start looking for their own passions, their own voice at a younger age. And you're like, if you start doing this at a younger age, oh my God, if you start learning these lessons that I went through at a younger age, oh my God, your life will be so much better and healthier. And I think that there's an important lesson also that, as I found modeling and found myself and did the inner healing because everything starts in the, in the, within the inside that the moments that I did fall down, I think it's important for our kids to see that 
because it teaches them the lesson that there's ups in life and we celebrate those moments. And when we fall down, that's just things that happen. Like shit happens. And we have to know how to deal with that. And by getting up, we're teaching our kids, look, I fell down. It hurts. Like it hurt really bad. It's painful. I cried and they saw me cry. But getting up is a powerful thing because you're teaching your kids. I'm like, all right, I'm human. Like I'm your mom. I'm strong. But I have moments that I fall down and it's okay. And you saw me that and I'm vulnerable enough. It's okay. The most important thing is get back up. Get back up and what are we going to do now? Like what's next? You're teaching your kids you know, that resilience to get back up, that strength, that they have to find that inner strength and that they have to do it. They have to do the work. Everybody could cheer you on and hold your hand. Nobody could do that inner work that needs to be done. It starts with you. So that's what modeling provided for me. And also providing me the importance of understanding how important my health is to have energy, vitality. My body is a vessel. I don't care about your size. Girl, if I were to really measure my happiness based off of my weight, oh my God, I'd be a hot mess because we start at an empty stomach in the morning when you wake up. I wake up 4.35 in the morning. I'm one weight. Get me on the scale at midday. I'm another weight. And that number is going to go up. And then at night, I am another weight. And I don't know if that number is going to go up or down, but it's another one. And then you start the next day and you could be lighter, you could be heavier. And that number before my period changes. And after my period, it changes. And I've learned bye-bye scale. You are messing with my head. You are messing <laughs> with my head. Say, like, do you still get on the scale that often? No, no I don't. Because it, it would it would really bring me, even as I, as I lost weight, if I gained a pound, dropped a pound, especially after having a baby, you gain weight. Like your body's not the same. It changes. And I just really had to come to a place as thank you for allowing me to birth a healthy baby. Thank you for keeping me healthy. Thank you for allowing me to walk. Thank you for every stretch mark is my battle scar. Like it's every stretch mark is like I've given birth to four kids. You know, I have cellulite. I'm walking. Like I have breath. I have purpose. Like there's bigger things that I could focus on. Okay. I have loose skin. My body's not perfect you know what, there's so much more to life that I should be focused on that I could really pay attention to. And I'm just, I'm really about life experiences and life moments being present. I, I can't live my life that way anymore. It's just as exhausting. It's too much to keep up with. And I've been there. And if you feel that way, trust me, it's something that if you base your happiness on the number on the scale, you're going to be very unhappy. If you base your happiness on like, let's go, hey, babe, let's go walking. Let's go, let's go do something. Hey kids, let's go. Let's go outside. Let's go to the park. Or, you know what, let's take an activity. Let's start painting. Start doing something. I promise you, you'll be a much happier person, a much happier mom, happier human being. Go after your dreams. You'll be a much better entrepreneur. Yeah. No, and I think it's, I've noticed over the years, like, of course, I was trained. I mean, even though from like my mom, my mom was like always diet culture and she's always been overweight, but like we need, I'm on a diet. I need to exercise. I'm on a diet. Like still, she's like, 70 and she's telling me she has to go back on her diet that diet word girl isn't that a, oh my god that's <laughs> i know and i even <sighs> like i gave up gluten in 2004 because i have fibromyalgia and it helps how i feel in my body yeah. and for years she still will be like oh you know how you still eat your diet i'm like it's not a diet it's like, a lifestyle I... <laughs> mom it's a lifestyle don't use that word with me yeah but anyway you know like that trapping that we have of like eat this way exercise for how you yeah. look and like now for me it's like how I feel in my body and like even this weekend was my daughter's birthday and but I still on my daughter's birthday like midday was like okay I'm gonna go exercise 
for 20 to 30 minutes so that I feel better for when we go on this big outing for your birthday yeah. because that affects how I who I am as a mom. Yeah. Like, I don't feel great. Like right now, yeah. I'm talking to you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but like, and also like that morning, like I do have fibromyalgia and moving my body helps, but it's just like this thing, like it's like, I always remind myself, why do I want to exercise? Like, because it helps how I feel. Like, you know, you can feel yeah. the endorphins, you can feel stress release and stuff like that. And yeah. that is also what benefits my children because then I'm more present, more relaxed, more focused. And you're not like on edge. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm on edge. <laughs> Girl, I know. I'm like, what do you want? I'm like, sorry, I didn't exercise today. My bad. <laughs> but yeah. And, so, and the same thing with food. Like I will be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like treat myself, snacks, whatever. I don't have the off limit stuff anymore. But then also sort of been realizing like, why do I feel like crap more? Oh, maybe yeah, because I've I'm been eating, eating more healthy. crap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my God. It's important. It's and not again, like, it's I don't like, even care about, oh, there's, I think there's some extra weight there too. And that is, I don't even really care about that. It's, yeah, oh, I it's feel like how that. am I feeling? Like, it's how am I feeling? And that's what I, you know, with my husband, I'm like, babe, we, we have to start walking again. And it's not about like doing, look, if you are in the gym six times a week and you're that discipline where your body's like tone and like six pack and all that, and that's the lifestyle that you live in that makes you happy. Congratulations. Like, you have total, like, I have mad respect for you, but that's not my lifestyle. That's not what makes me happy for me. It really comes down to like, I just want to work out because I want to feel good. I want the mental clarity. I just want the energy, even if it's going out for a walk, as long as I'm able to do that. And that's what I tell my husband. And then there's, there's days that we do. And then there's days that we don't, don't. And it's about telling yourself that's life ups and downs. It's about understanding and hearing your body. You're saying, what makes me happy? Why am I not happy? You know what? I got to get back on the path that makes me happy. And the path is lifestyle. And when I hear the word diet, because I did so much diet, oh my God, diet so many years. And I was really just overweight and I felt fat and I felt ugly. And it was because diet was in my, in, in my constant, like I was drilled with diet, 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 because you're fat, diet, 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 diet. I got to lose weight light in the next 20 pounds, the next 30 pounds. Like, and it's like, okay, if you want to lose weight, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's the word diet. Like it has to be removed because diet for me means you can't have that. When it or also feels like you're going to have it, you're going to, it's temporary and diet. It's like, all right, I've attained my goal. And, and then you put the weight back on. So getting back to my point, it's like, I feel, and this, and this book really is for someone who's ever felt fat, invisible, rejected, abused, unworthy, unloved. And all the diets, I just feel like they made me feel worse. They made me feel worse because every time that I was on a diet, it's like, I can't have that. I can't have that because it means I'm going to be fat. And that was the mentality I had behind every single diet. And what happens? You attain your 20 pound goal. And it's like, you go back into all habits and they're like, ah, I can eat whatever I want. And then what I understood that as I drop weight, and I was at my lowest, which was 175 pounds, but I really had to have a really strict diet. And it was almost like liquid. And girl, I looked fabulous at 175. Like I looked, I was like, hey, but I felt like shit. That for me is not the reality of where my happiness is. Like that for me, that was not a lifestyle. And, you know, I think it really hit me after having my baby. Like what is really, you know, what is happiness to me? And it's about health, vitality, movement. It's about having a healthy lifestyle. Look, when I eat bread, I don't feel good. It's not that I'm like limiting from eating bread. It's just I, I feel like when I eat bread and pasta, though some of that stuff is really good, the, the feeling that I get in my body, my body tells me, I go into like, I want to go to sleep. I feel heavy. I feel bloated. And I don't like that feeling. So it's not that I'm on a diet. I just choose not to eat those things because when I do eat red meat and I eat pasta and I eat bread, I start feeling 
I feel tired. I feel lethargic. I don't feel like the mental clarity is there. But when I eat on the lighter side and, you know, once in a while, like, hey, if there's a birthday, you know, have a cake. Well, I won't have a full slice of cake. I'll have half. And I don't limit myself in the sense of I'm not having that. No, you know, I'll celebrate with you a little bit. I know my portions and I know what I can do to keep the energy just to feel good. And I, it's a lifestyle. And, you know, at, at where I'm right now, you know, I'm a size 14, 16. I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm, I'm genuinely happy with that. I don't aspire to be a size zero. If you're a size zero that I'm happy for you and you're happy there. I'm, I'm happy for you. If you're a size 24 and you're healthy and you have vitality and energy, I'm happy for you. That's what makes you happy. But if you choose to change that, don't, don't go and criticize the person that changes that. If at one day, maybe six months from now, I'm not going to be happy at a 14, 16, cause we're all allowed to change. And if I want to drop some weight, don't criticize me over that. Like, let, let me be me. Like people are so quick to say, Hey, you're, you're, you're shaming your body. No, I just, I, you know what? I don't feel, I, I want to see what I can do with my body. If one day I want to have a six pack and I want to go for that. Why not? What's wrong with wanting to do that at some point in your life? If that's something that you want. So I've just learned it's a lifestyle. It's an inner transformation and it's a constant choice. And I feel like diet is really not the word for me. It might be for someone else, but it's not the word for me. And it's teaching me that it is about lifestyle. To, and it really comes to taking care of yourself, taking care and paying attention to your body because bread might not do to you what it does to me. Bread might not make you feel the way that it makes me feel. And that's why we're different. We're uniquely created. Psst, Trisha, again, I got to tell you, remind you about one of my favorite things I've ever bought, my infrared sauna blanket. It's basically like a sleeping bag that has infrared sauna rays in it and makes you sweat out the toxins, the pain, the energy, the emotions, all of it. It's such a great reset for my body, my mind, and my nervous system. I get in with some long pants, long sleeve shirt, socks, keep lots of water nearby, turn a good show on, and sweat with like for 45 minutes to an hour. It honestly makes me feel so freaking good. It's like a miracle worker. <laughs> they are so awesome. They also gave me a code to use JOY75. You can go to the link in the show notes to go directly to check out this infrared sauna blanket or go to bit.ly, which is B-I-T dot L-Y backslash joy sauna. And that'll take you right there. They also have a new infrared sauna mat. So instead of laying inside of it, it's like this really amazing mat that you lay on that has even more like benefits. It's a PEMF, which is pulsed electromagnetic field technology, which has been proven to recharge your cells and activate your parasympathetic nervous system for a deep full body reset that doesn't require a full body cleanup. So you get added benefits for laying on this mat to do whatever, rest, do some stretching, watch a show. And you're not like, really sweaty. <laughs> like you got to clean everything up after you do the infrared sauna blanket. So check that out. My code works for that as well. Joy75. They also have interest-free installment plans, which makes it easier to purchase. And they also just started shipping to the UK and Europe. 
you can use code EURO50 to get $50 off if you are overseas. You might want to try Joy75 too. They haven't asked me if they haven't told me if Joy75 works for a European, but they definitely gave me this new code. Check it out. Feel free to ask me any questions at your joyologist. I love this thing. Again, check out the link in the show notes to go check out the infrared sauna blanket or go to bit.ly backslash joy sauna. All right, back to the episode. I'm going to get to the questions I ask everybody real quick. So once you got into modeling, have was that like what you've primarily been doing since then? Or did you do any other anything else? Because like, want to no. catch up between like... Yeah, no. So the modeling was fantastic. And and there was ups and downs. It was great because I, I, I got my agency and I got an amazing manager, Alexandra, who until this day I'm still working with. And um, I, I still, still to this day, still doing modeling. Now I do modeling with my daughter and my son. Um, and that's, oh. that's fantastic. But right now it's been... Really, it's been a lot of um, TV work, hosting in Spanish and in English. I got the opportunity to work with the Dr. Phil team, Stage 29 Productions. I was a, a host, a co-host and, and life coach on, you know, Face the Truth. And I got to work with Vivica, uh, Reva Martin, you know, Dr. Judy Ho. And I was, you know, a guest uh, guest co-host on The Doctors and had that great opportunity with the Dr. Phil team. Telemundo Univision in English. I mean, English and Spanish, like TV has been amazing platform to do the things that I love. And it really is about being the queen of transformations, being that life coach that empowers you, gives you honest truth, but also gives you raw and unapologetic, you know, moments of just this, you know, this is what I've learned. And I, I put my story out there. I've really walked this, just, I've come into this place of understanding who I am, being comfortable in my own skin and just walking unapologetically for who I am, you know? And what was that like to then starting to be on TV, you know, because yeah, you start with radio and sort of like, oh, I love this, but it's like, you're not seeing me. But like, did that also once you had started doing the modeling and so you've gotten more comfortable in your skin and that, but then also like, did you have, were you able to then translate right onto TV of like, okay, well, I've always had a voice. I like, I've always had a voice and I've been strong with my voice. I, my voice got stronger as I found more and more of myself and walked in my authenticity and just started like, just started being myself. I mean, I saw, I went through the weight loss and people criticized me and then I just got sick and tired of it. Like, look, this is who I am. And just starting voicing my opinion in a constructive way and understanding that there's power to our voice and, and, and the words that we have and just being able to get my thoughts out and learning to communicate with other human beings and also being compassionate about it. And also having the, the strength to call people out on their BS. And that for me has been really important because I'm not doing it to destroy you. I'm giving you constructive criticism because I want to see you win. I want to see you grow. There's a big difference in that. There's either toxicity or there's love. And when it came to TV, I think the moment that really like woke me up to the next part of my life was when I was at Face the Truth on stage with Vivica Fox and the whole team. And I'm like, I started second guessing myself. What the hell am I doing here? How did I get here with this panel of empowering women? How, how did I get here? And I've always wanted my own talk show. And that's something that I've always like had, it's always that I wanted somehow that manifested by knocking on doors, by speaking about my story, about my transformation and what I've learned about people's rejection and my, you know, just walking my own truth and getting on that panel. I had to learn to, first of all, quiet the inner voice give it direction because it's, it started second, making me second guess myself. And then second, walking in a place of gratitude and understanding that to whom much is given, much is expected. And there's two ways. I could let ego run the rest of my career, or I could really come from a place of compassion, compassion and say, 
How can I serve? What can I contribute? You know, how can my story, number one, empower others, be an invitation for others to step into their greatness. And how can I share my story in a way that I'm giving it an empowering message, not a message of being a victim of my past or my circumstances, but turning that around and telling people, look, I have been through some crazy shit. Some of it I contributed to is other stuff, things that I had no control because the only thing I could control are my thoughts, my actions, my being, my body, um, who I allow in my life, the choices that I make. Those are things I can control. What other people do to me, I can't control. And I can't also take responsibility for other people's actions or why they do things. That's, that has nothing to do with me. And the moment that I understood that, I understood that I had found my purpose. I had found my voice and I understand now the direction that I want to go. And it brings me to this present moment where I'm able to share my memoir and really walk this, this honest truth of I've attained so many amazing moments and I've knocked on doors and I've had several successes, but with the successes, I've had many failures. Failure is not a bad thing. It's the story that you give it. Failure is just an indicating point of what's not working. And to be able to share that with other people who are ashamed of failure, who are afraid to talk about that, who have been shamed because of their past and just stand up there and say, look, I've gotten through this. I promise you after this heartbreak, when you do the inner work, when you do the healing, you will find love again. Or, you know, you're worried about your kids. You haven't been such a present parent or, you know, you've, you haven't been the best parent in the world. Look, we all are guilty of that. There's not one person who is the perfect parent all the time. And it's okay. The thing is to acknowledge that and what can you do to become better? Asking quality questions. When it comes to that failed business, hey, I was working on my passion, just didn't work. I feel like a failure. I've kind of given up on life. Don't give up on life. Reinvent yourself. What can you do next? So just being that poise of empowerment, but also having the, the, the wisdom of everything that I've gone through um, and the courage to speak up because the moment that I was public about being married, divorced three times, I could tell you sitting on stage, people started laughing at me. They started laughing at me of saying, you think you've been married too many times? And I'm like, yeah, that's the constant criticism that I get. But let me, t- let me give it a, an empowering story. I have been married three times and these, pers- this, these people have either abandoned me or they've been unfaithful and I've had the strength to leave. But that does not devalue the woman that I am today. And I'm doing the inner work and I've gone to a place of healing. And I know I'm declaring that the right person, the right man, my husband is coming and he's going to have love and value and respect. We're going to have a healthy marriage and it's in God's time, not my time. But meanwhile, I'm in self-discovery and I know the best time is coming. And I think through action and speaking that life into your present is so important because when you do that, um, that negative criticism, that laugh no longer becomes your story. You just created your own story and you sit up with yourself in an empowering way. Absolutely. And yeah, it's like going back to, yeah, like the statement, you know, and I, that I love to use myself with the judgment can only empower you. It's like, again, like we're so often giving our power away to like, what does everybody else think about us? Yeah. And that's where we're stuck in. And like, yeah, like I love to say too, like the fear of failure. It's also, if you didn't care about what anybody thought about you, then what would even be a failure? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I just like for me, like, I've made, for me, for me, you know, failure was, you know, you, I don't talk about that. I've been married three. Nobody needs to know that. It's like, be quiet. Nobody needs to know that. Why? Because if they know that they're going to think something's wrong with you, they're going to think, oh my God, this girl's got issues. This girl, mm, this girl gets around. This girl, oh, she's had three marriages. Mm-mm-mm. She's never going to have a health. She's health. She's not healthy. Like there's issues with her. That's not my story. At the core, I could tell you as a human being, did I get married to get divorced? 
Hell no. I got married because I wanted to be with the one and the one isn't the other person. The one is you. First of all, I wanted to be married. I wanted to have kids and I wanted to have a family and a business. Just like maybe that's, that's all I wanted. I wanted to have what my parents did. And unfortunately wanting it so bad and not getting to know myself and taking, taking, you know, something less than I deserve led me to have three, three divorces. And then it wasn't just me that played a role in the marriage. It's, there's another human being there too. I have no control over their thoughts and their actions. Why they were unfaithful is none of my business. That's something that they made a mistake. It wasn't my fault. And too often when we go through failure, we go through divorce um, and we go through infidelity. We always ask ourselves, why did he do that to me? What's wrong with me? And it's like, hold on. Not only did he do that to you, he did that to himself. That's number one. And then second of all is the infidelity part. That's not your fault. That is someone else that could be an incredible person who made a, made a bad decision in their life and it impacted you. But no longer do I take responsibility. It was like, why did they do that to me? And what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you. It's just things happen in life and you have no control over that other human being. Only thing you can control is yourself and your emotions and your actions. Yeah, I think it's also interesting, like if people could judge, would judge being divorced, period, or being divorced several times, that that is bad. Whereas, so what What would be better in society's view is to stay in a stay. relationship forever that you are an unhappy person, that you're rude to people because you're unhappy, that like, you know, that you're constantly resentful, that like you're not being your best self in the world because you are in a terrible relationship. But I better not get divorced because I was already divorced. And what will that mean? Or what will people think of me? Like, you know, like that's the and stupid that's, shit that people oh my, do. Like, no, and, that, and that's the stupid <laughs> shit that we tell ourselves as well, because it's like, oh, my God, like he's beating the shit out of me. He's verbally abusing me and telling me that I don't amount to anything, that I'm a piece of shit, that I'm fat, that I'm ugly, that nobody's going to ever love me. So because I've been divorced already, I have to stay here because what he's saying is true and nobody's ever going to love me. And if I get divorced and people don't know that he's beating the shit out of me or he's choking me, um, people are going to laugh at me. They're going to criticize me that I got divorced again without really knowing why I got divorced. And if you don't want to share that with other, uh, other people, I get it. But it is your choice to stay in a toxic relationship or leave. And I knew that my third divorce, if I stayed there, I would have passed away. Like that for me was the relationship that taught me everything. And the biggest lesson is to say no and to have strength and to have courage to leave because the fear of the unknown was a lot better than the fear of getting the shit beat out of me. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely, obviously, you definitely have a ton of strength and courage to get out of that. And that's what but but whoever's listening out there, like you don't need to even be in that situation to have the courage to leave yeah. a relationship that is not for your best. That is squashing your, your spirit best, that, yes. you know, in any way. Just, just keep saying, I will never settle for less than I deserve. If you don't have the strength that you're what was scared. Your affirmation again at the. Oh, I am worthy of healthy love and respect. I think if you keep saying saying it till you believe it, say it until you breathe it. Because look, I, I know what it is. If you're in a really shitty relationship or you're just in a relationship that you're not happy and you've done everything, you've been to therapy, you've done everything that you've really invested to, to really take care. It's not just about saying, oh, this doesn't work. Leave. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, look, if you've been with someone that you, you absolutely love and you want to make things work, first of all, you got to acknowledge it takes two people to make this work. Second, have you tried everything? Have you gone to therapy? Have you communicated have you tried to work things out and if you've done everything that you can to make something work and that person has to or you're the only one investing 
and that person isn't, then you have to take a hard look at, is this really worth, do I see myself here in 10 years? You know, is this going to be an investment or is this going to be a loss? And at that moment, you have to really understand and, and, you know, cut your losses if it's something that's not going to work out and be okay with that and understand that you're doing it for your own mental health, for your happiness. And also because you don't want to waste someone else's time. They no longer want to invest and they're, they just, you've talked about it. You've tried everything and it's just not going anywhere. Then you have to know that the end result is either I stay here and I don't complain about it or I cut my losses and I move on. And that's a reality. Sometimes we have to have the courage to take and just be fearless and walk into the unknown and just declare something better is coming my way. I am strong. Everything, you know, if God is with me, who could be against me? You need to start speaking life into this and make a decision based on for that. Trust me. And in the moment of decision-making of something new, of something that scares you, you will be guided. You'll know. You'll know when you're making the right decision. The moment that you run around saying, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know. You do know, but you're afraid to make that decision. And that's what it comes down to. And you have to acknowledge that. You know when you have to leave. You also know when you have to stay. And I knew in every relationship the moment that I had to leave. I just knew that I knew and I knew when I had stayed too long. Yep. Thank you for all of that. I'm sure you're speaking to people out there. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I think, again, and even, you know, you said, mentioned like, yeah, then choose to say in it and stop complaining. Like that's too, with so many things in life. Again, like these friendships, yeah. work, you know, like it's not easy. Like I get mm-hmm. it. Whether it's farting, leaving yeah. a relationship, leaving a job, leaving a whatever, yeah. setting boundaries with family even. Like that's not that stuff is easy, but like, well, if, are you going to stay in that and keep bitching about it and wishing it was different? Or are you going to ma- do something to make a change? <laughs> this is um, an affirmation that I love. And, you know, you can't let the thoughts of what, how people, you know, hurt you run your life, or you have to be able to take the courage to just let go of those memories and the pain that they cause you, like, let it go. And I think forgiveness is also really important in this equation, learning to forgive, not to, not for, for them, for your own health, learning to forgive and let go. And that takes time. But one of the affirmations that I love saying, because everybody goes through so much and sometimes we're ashamed to talk about it or sometimes we don't even say anybody, but we know in our heart and our mind what we're dealing with. And, you know, it brings us sadness. It brings us depression. It brings us shame. And I really had to walk through with this affirmation for so many years because I had to remind myself there was moments that I would be triggered and I'd start crying and I shut myself down in my room and get under the covers and didn't want to get up for days. And I had to like, I had to find the strength and just put, I, I wrote it down and I read it in front of the TV, in front of the mirror in the bathroom and my car. Like I, I wrote it down. I'm not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. I choose to forgive and let you go with love. And today I choose to love myself for everything that I am. And I take a deep breath and sometimes I wouldn't believe it, but I said it so much until it brought healing into my life. And it said it so much until I was in a place where I could be able to talk about my divorces, when I could talk about the relationships that I let go in a place where I'm no longer crying. And the moment that you, that you send, you could essentially just stand back and say, I, I forgive and I let you go. And you're no longer crying about that. You know that you've done the inner work and that you know that you've gone to an, the next level in your life where you've done that inner healing and that you're learning to love yourself and forgive yourself for bad decisions that you might've made or something you contributed. And it's really important to not only forgive others, but to forgive yourself to be able to move on and say it and breathe it. And trust me, when we go into fear, we tense up learning to breathe and get through the anxiety. 
you got to take a deep breath and just know, and it's practice. It's daily practice, just like meditation and exercise and having a lifestyle of, of eating healthy and taking care of your body and vessel. Breathing is a daily practice. I know that we breathe automatically when we wake up. That is a gift, but being conscious about just taking those deep breaths through anxiety, fear, um, trauma, crying, taking those, like being active and saying, I need to breathe it will make you feel better when you start just to become life affirming and start doing those affirmations. It just starts transforming your psyche and it starts transforming your body and the way you open up and the way you receive messages and the way you react and the way you talk. You got to say it until you believe it. You got to say it until you walk it and you got to say it through your healing. Absolutely. I am all about the affirmations. And I love that one that you said, because it's and, and yeah, and like, as we were talking before we started recording, it's like, you know, like being real with yourself. And it's like, that one is so like, true, like, you know, yeah. the forget, like, you're not just being like everything I am, you know, it's even I'm sometimes, okay. like, I am enough is such a simple one, but that can be a real struggle for people, yeah. you know, to say, but like, I love the more, you know, like expansive ones. And it's sort of like, you're giving yourself permission to be in your body, to be okay yeah. with yourself, to be okay with the past. Cause yeah, we're so hard on ourselves for yeah. and it's okay that to already cry. happened. I know it's okay to cry. If, if you're crying and you're like, I don't want to cry anymore. Look, let your spirit cleanse. I, th- yeah, I feel like the crying difference. is healing. And yeah, it in if you're angry, punch the hell out of a pillow. I don't care. Kick a box. Get some punching gloves. Get in, get, get in there and, and punch the hell out of a bag. Like do something to release that. Um, but I think it's so important to just, oh, I love that. I am enough. <laughs> I am magic. I am a badass. So these are all Woo! phrases from my product line that go on keychains. I only have, um, so I ask every guest, to pick not necessarily which phrase or affirmation they like the most, but which one they feel they want in their life as a reminder uh, right now. Fuck your fears. I <laughs> love <why>. that one. <laughs> Let that shit go. Girl, I don't know what it is about that one, but fuck your fears is like, I'm all about that. Oh my God. It's like those fuck it. Just fuck it. Fuck it. You can say that and own that. Fuck your fears. I love that one. I love it. It's so ballsy. It's so full of like this powerful energy. It's like, it's not about being proper. It's not about like, it's not about pleasing anybody. I don't care the way you look at me when I say fuck your fears. It's just about owning it and having this energy just saying fuck it. Like, fuck, I'm doing this. Like, I don't care what anybody says. I'm living this. I'm doing it. I don't care. I'm just, I'm going to go. I'm going to d- get it done. I love that one. All right. Is that the one you're going with then? Fuck your fears. <laughs> All right. Go. Love it. Love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is a go-to to raise your joy levels? If you're like, and not like you got an interview or you got stuff to do and you're like not feeling so up and on it. Oh my God. Dr- drinking water um, before, before I get, uh, get on uh, either an audition or I'm going to go on an interview or I have to like drinking water, drinking cold water for me. Um, for me, it's like a wake up, but good music, girl. Mm-hmm. Good music gets me in the mood. Like really good music and dancing for me is like one of those things like in the car, wherever you want to change your state. I don't want to listen to that heartbreak song. Uh-uh. Give me some like good music I could dance to and eighties and nineties jams. I'm all about that. Like just some good music. And, and then just getting up. I have everything that I need right now. I am full, faithfully guided. I love myself. Let's get this going. God, thank you for using me. Thank you for allowing me to breathe. You know what, God? Thank you for allowing me to do the things that I absolutely love. And saying it with that energy and just letting that energy flow through your body, because trust me, it'll get you in a good mood. Me, I One thing that I do is I'm thankful that my husband loves to pray. We pray. We do Bible study. And I, I respect everybody's faith. 
um, when it comes to that and, and what you believe in. But for me, I don't care if you're simplest prayer um, or if you're talking to the universe, whatever you believe in, like, thank you. Just being able to say that at the beginning of each day. And for me, just declaring, declaring like, God, I know you're using me. I know that you closed this door, but you open the window. I'm ready to walk. Use me, use me, use me, use me everywhere that I go. It is about you flowing through me, God. This is not about me. This is you using me. Take me to the next level. Thank you for the elevation, the open doors. Just coming with that energy. I think it's so important, that shift. It's kind of like, all right, girl, get, get yourself going. And it's your own personal responsibility to get your own life yep. going. It's your yep. own personal responsibility. So that good music and affirmation, then talking to the one above, saying thank you. <laughs> Love it. Uh, okay, ask everybody to apply this phrase to their own life. What is easiest for you is not always what is best for you. So often like a habit, way of being, way that we can end up getting stuck in. So what is easiest for me is blank. What is best for me is blank. God, that's a, damn, that's a good question, girl. The easiest thing is to, oh, the easiest thing is to read, is to read a negative comment and just ponder on it. Oof, on social media, you go through social media, you post something, here you are trying to empower and love and just put one of those greatest moments just because you want to share, you're happy about sharing something, not to compare to anybody else. You're just sharing that great moment on, on social media and to just get a notification pop up, you open it and then you read that and you're like, damn, this feels like shit. And it's easy to stay there, but it's in my best interest to block and delete and move on and get happy again. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Block and delete and get happy again. It's like, all right, next. I don't, you got, you've got to train yourself to do those because those could be total mindfuck moments where you're like, oh man, is that really true? You know what? I'm not even going to give thought to it. It didn't feel too good. So block and delete. Bye-bye. Thank you. Move on. Yes. Get excited for that moment again. <laughs> I'm not going to let you bring me down. Absolutely. Love that. Um, and approve of that <laughs> way of doing it. <laughs> the last question is the name of the podcast is Claim It. As, as I mentioned, I believe that so often we're putting our feelings of the enough, worthy, successful, filled, lovable out there somewhere. Once I have this, do this, be this, then I'll feel it. Yeah. But I feel these are all things that we can claim for ourselves every single day. And sometimes we need to claim them every moment of the day. Because, yeah, yeah, we get stuck into, oh, I'm not enough, this, We're that, human. Whatever. We're human. I got so excited. And, oh, and then I got this comment. And I'm, no, yes. I don't know, whatever. So what? Like, yeah. Are you claiming for yourself right now? I am claiming that I am a powerful woman using my powerful voice to create powerful impact. I am claiming that God uses me, takes me to new elevation, new doors are open, and that I am living the best life, not only for me, but I'm leaving a legacy behind of love, peace, and understanding and empowerment. I am claiming that I am perfectly imperfect, and I am claiming that I am a true beauty, and I love myself. Yes. Yes. There we go. That's my claim. I'm claiming it. I'm breathing it. I'm believing it. I have the energy behind me. And you know what? That's all that matters. That's all that matters. It feels good to say that. And I invite you to do the same thing. And if you don't feel comfortable doing it in front of anybody else, turn on the music and get up, get dancing and claim what you want yours to be. Claim what you want to become. And I promise you that as you start claiming it, talking it, you will manifest it. Why? Because there's an energy that moves in your body that starts believing and you start tapping in like, huh, I was claiming that I was powerful and that I'm a student and that I'm ready to learn. 
and this mentor just showed up or this class just popped up on YouTube talking about the things that I absolutely love or the radio station that I just tuned <laughs> into told me to read this book or I just listened to the acclaimant podcast that told me to own my shit and fuck my fear. So I'm going to go do <laughs> something that I've always wanted to do that I got criticized for. I think that is God guiding you. I think you are being called. Those are your angels popping up and saying, hey, be fearless. Go after your dreams. You are capable. You are worthy. Stand up and do the work. Nobody could do it but you. Yes. Yay. It's been so fun to talk with you. Thank Everyone you. Everyone go get her new book, The Girl with the Self-Esteem Issues. Yes. Get my book, The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, available in English and Spanish wherever you purchase your books. You can visit rosemarcado.com. You can also follow me, Rosemarcado, across all social media. And of course, you can listen to my podcast, The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, La Latina con Baja Autoestima, because I'm Mexican. I love to bring the English and the Spanish spice all together, giving it in two different languages, living my best life, sharing moments of adversity and what we learn and grow from. So I hope today was an inspiration. I hope you get up. I hope you claim it. And I hope you really start working on the life. You could reinvent yourself at 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. Single mom, you could be married. You could be, you could be whoever you are, man, woman, whatever you are. As long as you claim it, you live it, you will live your best life. Your life is your responsibility. You're the creator of your own dreams. I don't even know if I'm going to need to put an outro on this episode. She just gave us like the best, the best outro of anyone ending the conversation ever. So there we go. (laughs) There you go, girl. We got to get these snippets of, oh my God, fuck your fears. You just, you totally turned my day around. I love it. All right. I hope you guys love that episode with Rosie. Make sure to go get her book, The Girl with the Self-Esteem Issues. For full show notes, go to yourjoelgist.com slash podcast, and you'll find all the episodes there. For more Rosie, go to rosiemercado.com or at rosiemercado on social media. I'm at yourjoyologist and yourjoyologist.com. I love hearing from you. I love seeing you share the episode and tagging me. So feel free to do that. And again, if you have not yet, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review if you haven't yet. You can screenshot your review and then send it to me at podcast at yourjoyologist.com. And I'll send you a gift from my product line, just like I have every guest pick a keychain. I've got magnets, keychains, mugs, ornaments for Christmas, uh, notepads, journals, all sorts of things and the own your awesome affirmation deck of course also and so you can go and shop all that stuff too at shop.yourjoyologist.com but i'll send you a little gift if you leave me a review because reviews help so do social media shares And um, with the gift giving season, it's a good place to go get some sh- gifts that feel good to get and give. I also have a daily inspiration app called Own Your Awesome. You can get it in the Google Play or Apple App Store. Hundreds of powerful thoughts to inspire you, empower your day, get you to shift your thoughts and get you out of your own way. Because we forget. We forget our power. We forget our magic. We forget. That what matters most is what we believe about ourselves. So go get the app. It's only $3.99. There's no ads, no upcharges, no anything. And I add cards to it all the time. All right. I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Again, I love to know 
that you're listening and why you're listening. So feel free to reach out to me at your geologist, email me, let me know what's resonating with you. We're almost to a hundred episodes right now. And that's pretty amazing. It went so fast and I really, really enjoy having these conversations. I've wondered like, hmm, how long will I do this? And honestly, it just, I think if nobody was even listening, <laughs> I would still want to have these conversations. It really fulfills me. And um, so, of course, I want more people to listen. And I'm hoping that while you're listening, it's making you think differently about your own life and how you feel about yourself and get through your days. That's the reason I share it. But they're also making a difference in my own life, just having these deep conversations. So thank you again. DM me, give me a shout out. And final thought of the day, (laughs) final thought of the episode, let's say, because I don't know what part of the day it is, but it'd be a great thing to also end your day with and start your day with. (laughs) What are you claiming for yourself right now? Maybe it's something like I am healing myself. I am forgiving myself. I'm claiming joy. It doesn't have to be some big thing. I always like to just go with the first thing. Like I don't even tell people those five or the questions I'm going to ask at the end because I want them to just go with their gut feeling and what they're feeling in that moment. So what are you feeling? What are you claiming?